This is The Game Show with Max Sussman, brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's leader in esports. Welcome to The Game Show, presented by The Gaming Stadium on Sportsnet 650. I'm your host, Max Sussman. Today, we're catching up with fighting game player, caster, organizer, host, and more, and more, and more, Jen Zoll, a.k.a. Lumia, right now on The Game Show on Sportsnet 650. She's a host, a streamer, a tournament organizer, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. She is also, I guess, like one of the... So, uh, one half of the only duo to ever host the Pinnacle. She is Jen Zoll, aka Lumia Lumia. Thanks for joining me here again on the game show. Hey, thanks, Max. It's great to be here. It's been uh, a while. It's been like I think over a year since you you were on the show. I think it was around the the release of Smash Forward that we last chatted. So let's just play some catch up to start. What are you playing for fun these days, games wise? Actually, I have been playing a lot of Killer Instinct and League of Legends, which is two games that are older, but for some reason I've just kind of fallen back into playing them. So it's been really fun. Is it a, is it a serious playing them? Like, are you grinding? Are you in the lab trying to get better at League and, uh, and Killer Instinct? Not at League. Uh, I swore off of trying really hard at that game a long time ago because it made me salty. <laughs> so I, I am, though, trying to actually get better at Killer Instinct because I wanted to uh, pick something up that was fun to play that I still enjoyed grinding. Is that because you were no longer enjoying grinding Mortal Kombat? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, but uh, it's still like a really great game and I've still been following the scene. Um, it just wasn't really quite the game for me for competitive. Um, mm. But I am excited to see what they come up with next. I'm hoping there's a, like an Injustice 3 on the way or something like that. Is that a is that an MK11 thing for like MK11 versus MK10? You just didn't yes. scratch that into this version of the game. That happens. Yeah, for sure that happens. What about, What is it about Killer Instinct then? Because I did see I will... Uh, I, I, I will admit, I, I, I did a little bit of digging, and I saw you played in a couple of tournaments in the last few months. Yeah, I didn't do very well. Um, the game's been <laughs> out since 2013, so you can imagine, like most people have been playing it for significantly longer than I have, but um, I've been enjoying learning it. It's a little bit more fast-paced than MK11, so I've been kind of just enjoying that fast pace because MKX was... Um, also quite fast and very, um, I guess, just like you have to think really, really quickly and and uh, it's more aggressive, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. what I like about Killer Instinct too. What's the competitive scene like for Killer Instinct? Because it wasn't one that was really on my radar at all before I started looking into if you like your recent tournament results. Yeah, actually, um, because of the netcode of the game, the online tournaments have resurfaced. They're doing another Killer Instinct World Cup, and it's in progress. There's, like, points and everything and prizing, and uh, it's pretty cool, actually. Is that... Uh, who, who does that game? I should have looked that up. 
It's, it's Iron right, Galaxy. Right, right. Okay. And is there like, is it still, it's, it's like normal FGC community stuff or is, or is it dev supported actually, these, these new tournaments? That is a good question. I believe it's not dev supported anymore. I think it's just community, but um, mm -hmm. I could be wrong because it's, I know it's, it's like, uh, there's quite a few developers that are behind the game. Um, I know like um, Microsoft is one of them. I don't think Microsoft is involved with any of it, but I'm not sure about the actual, like some of the smaller dev companies that worked on the game. Maybe they are, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. How's business been, like, so to speak, during COVID? Are you, you know, how's, how's streaming been going? Are there casting gigs popping up? What have you been getting into professionally? Yeah, I've been trying to kind of make a little bit of a switch with my career. Um, more away from being a personality and doing, like, the more forward-facing things, but more to work towards working on the business aspect of esports. Uh, so I've been um, kind of helping... Uh, I've been trying to help organize events and uh, work on getting sponsorships and whatnot for uh, for friends of mine and also for like events and stuff. Um, and I actually started working within the industry as my full-time job, which was like really great. <laughs> uh, and that was kind of um, a really big step for me to be able to make that switch from having two separate lives of like, this is my in real life and this is my, my passion, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been able to start to squish the two together and that's been really fun. I am excited for this whole COVID situation to, you know, for everyone to be safe and for us to not have to worry anymore um, because I really miss offline events and I'm really excited to be able to go back to that. Would you go back to playing if they were, you know, playing more often, I guess, if they were all of a sudden in-person events? Yeah, I mean, I would still, uh, it depends. Like, I would have to find <laughs> a game that I really want to grind. <laughs> um, because when you're, when you're playing something competitively, you really do need to have this, like, different level of motivation for that specific game and i guess i just don't have that motivation for any fighting games at the moment um mm. i've been really enjoying killer instinct for fun and i've been grinding it a little bit but i'm i wouldn't it's it's not like it's quite an older game so i'm kind of really hoping actually that um the new riot fighting game that's coming out project l i really hope it's good because i am super interested in it and uh um i'm i'm hoping that that's kind of like the next game I get to jump into and just like kind of dedicate a lot of effort to, but we'll see. <laughs> We're talking to Jen Zal, AKA Lumia here on the game show on Sportsnet 650. And I love when, when guests pull something from like the very back bottom of my notes of like stuff, maybe I'm going to do at the end of the show really, really early on. Cause now we have to talk about project now. Cause I was, I was like, maybe I'll talk about that a little bit. Cause I, I could, I could see that you were looking forward to it. Why? What is what is so exciting about that game to you? Well, as you can see from my previous gaming or my like current gaming habits, I've I've you know I like League of Legends. Um, <laughs> I've been playing League of Legends off and on since like season one or two. So it's kind of like I, I love all the characters. I think they're really great. I think Riot has a lot of really talented people that they seem to have pulled into uh, work with them, and 
They also have a really cool grasp on esports and like a way to build a full-fledged production with these these games that they have. And so I'm really, really hoping that they invest that same care and time into this because I think that would be huge for the fighting game industry specifically because fighting games are kind of like one of the smaller esports genres, I guess. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people know Street Fighter and Smash, but there's so many other fighting games that nobody's ever even like seen in competition. So uh, it would be really nice to have that same kind of like full support towards esports for fighting games and to kind of like give that big boost to our genre. And there's not really like, I mean, sure, like NRS and and Capcom and stuff, these are big companies, but in the esports space, there's not really a company like Riot in in fighting games that's that big esports wise and has has that many successes under their belt, like as a dev supporting uh, supporting an esports team. It's still, even to this day, like a lot of just people organizing stuff. Be interesting to see if Riot brings that, like what they did with Valorant, where it came out and they already kind of had a plan, um, and and people were jumping ship from other esports leagues. If they can bring that kind of like energy into the fighting game community. That would be very interesting because that would be new. That would be new to that space, like you said. It would be new, and it'll rejuvenate competitors from different fighting games um, because it's going to bring. I, if that's how things go, it'll bring a lot of life and just kind of like a shot of adrenaline to everybody that's, you know, that, that likes fighting games um, and who likes to compete. And I think it will also help bring some of the people who didn't know that the FGC exists and bring them into it because mm-hmm. Riot is such a large company and with League of Legends has had these huge productions. Like I even went to an LCS once in... Oh God, I don't remember what year it was. It was a long, long time ago in Korea. And it was like, there was fire, there was like pyrotechnics and there was like Imagine Dragons were playing and it was such (laughs) an incredible experience. I was like, this is insane. And I would love to see that same energy. And I think with that sort of production value and that sort of energy for, for a game, it really brings more than just the diehard fans in because it's more of a show and you'll get a lot more eyes on it. Um, and so I'm hoping that that helps kind of boost our genre. <laughs> When's the last like new, new IP that came out in fighting games that like hit, hit on a competitive, like on a competitive level. Was it injustice? Like a lot of these games are really, really old properties that are on their, you know, 11th iteration, for example. That's a good question. Um, I mean, it's really hard depends to say you... because, yeah, it depends on what you would consider. Because the Dragon Ball Z, like Dragon Ball Fighters, came in and was like huge. Um, but that's not a new IP. Dragon Ball's been around <laughs> since what is it like the eighties or something? You know, like the IP uh, is I don't remember existed. not being around. I never. I don't remember a time with there being no such thing as Dragon Ball Z. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, for something like that, the IP is not new, but it was kind of like new to the fighting game community, I guess. And that one just took off like crazy. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but that's all I can really think of. I'm probably wrong. 
honestly. But yeah, yeah I think that might have been very much. It's a it's a world of entrenched titles, you know. If you get mm-hmm. you get the weird ones like them's fighting herds and stuff like that that are just like fun weird games that hit. But it's you know they, they, there's not going to be a them's fighting her herds like pro tour like there is for for Street Fighter probably ever. Um, yeah. You know that yeah exactly. Uh, what happened to what happened to Babeality? Babeality? I, I, I never get it right. Babeality? There we go. You got yeah, it right I the first it. time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I always second guess myself when I do it, and then I say babyality. I'm like, no, that's not it. That would be something else altogether. Um, yeah. I just. Um, I, I mean, I used to. I used to tune in every now and again, and then I remember one week it just Twitch stopped alerting me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we. I had to step back uh, to take care of my real life, <laughs> um, Fair and uh, because it was mostly me doing the majority of everything. Uh, it was like a quite a large commitment. And um, I wanted to kind of learn different parts of the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. And I had to make that choice of just like, what do I dedicate my energy to? And at the time I was like, had a lot of regular life stuff going on too. So I was kind of like, I think I need to step back from this. Originally the plan was to do a hiatus, but then I noticed that um, a lot of the women that were a part of the Babality community had started to build up their own thing in mm. to replace Babality. And I was so happy to see that. Like, that made me so, so happy. There's um, uh, something now called the Queen of the Hill series where it's like a ladies uh, fighting game, things similar to what we were uh, doing with Babality. And... Um, some of the other ladies created, worked with CGL and created like a um, little team, I guess, uh, where mm-hmm. they kind of train together. And then they do, they just recently actually, oh God, let me just double check on the name on this. Uh, um, they recently started a weekly thing where two of the stronger competitors on their team are doing kind of like a, coaching session from what I see mm. and they're it's they're calling it Conum Academy which is amazing and they uh, stream it live on Twitch and they're teaching like they're doing kind of like a workshop to help teach the women uh, you know how to get better at Mortal Kombat 11 and I just saw that everyone else was doing really well and I was like you know what I'm not needed anymore like this is exactly what I wanted I wanted to build that up in the first place and to kind of like bring everybody together and make sure that they had the support that they needed. I wanted to help get them connected with the right people and to be seen by the right people. And that worked. And now they're able to do these things on their own and they're building up things for themselves that are like really great. And a lot of the women um, have started bringing more women into the community. And I'm just seeing like a huge flood of these like incredible women who are playing Mortal Kombat and who are really great at it and who are just kind of building up their own brand and being successful. And it just makes me Mm. so happy. (laughs) So I kind of just stepped back and I was like, you know what? I'm good with this. I'm happy with the way things are. And yeah, it was just really nice to see. Just kind of a, my work here is done moment. We're talking to, to Jen Zoll, a.k.a. Lumia, here on the game show on Sportsnet 650. 
you called it. You called that what you just described—that kind of knock-on effect of babality. You called it one of your greatest achievements in your life, but you had to kind of step back and let it go. That was that a tough decision for you, or was it just you know, yeah, was it literally just hey, this is this did what I wanted it to, so I'm satisfied here. No, it was incredibly hard for me. It was um, mm. it was really it was really hard because it was like a passion project, you know, like it was something that I worked on that wasn't just, Oh, this is my job. It, it was, it was, it was more than that. It was, it was like something that's very near to my heart. It was, you know, bringing people together, which I love to do. And then also on top of that, it was like, one of my biggest goals is to just to be able to help people like who I was a few years ago, like or quite a few years ago now, when I first started in the industry and just that are like all these women that are facing adversity and just are, are looking at this like really daunting uh, world <laughs> ahead of them and just kind of like help them get like set up and, and put on the right path so that they can be successful. And, um, in competition, it's really hard because you're not just when you're competing as a woman, you're you're competing and you're you're not just fighting against other incredible players. Um, you're also fighting with like a lot of internalized like doubt uh, from just Ooh. like the way that the kind of world has just like taught you that you're not good enough. And I know that that's not just women, but it's it's really prevalent in in gaming because you know like there's that whole thing that is no longer uh, as commonly thought of, but like that whole like video games are for guys type mentality. Um, and so it's really, it's really cool to see that kind of being challenged and, and for all these, these women to just kind of like take the foreground and step forward and have the confidence to just be like, Hey, I'm here. I'm learning and I'm getting better at this game and I'm going to do really well. Um, but I'm also like going to build the people up around me because we've all dealt with it and we have all kind of like faced similar things within the industry. Um, mm -hmm. So it's nice to see. <laughs> it's really nice to see everyone supporting each other. Have we seen any, any players coming out of that ecosystem that, is, that have found success in, that, in the greater FGC community, like in, in you know, regional events beyond, beyond kind of that ladies fight night? community yeah um there has been there's been a few uh there is a woman woman that goes i don't know if it's actually her real name i'm assuming so but her name is shauna she uh has been doing really well in in regular tournaments um infinity who i think we've mentioned before she was from babality um, and she, uh, actually before Bay Validity, she was a friend of mine before I started the show and she has just been constantly moving forward. And, um, and then I've seen other women get jobs in like esports companies. Like one of them got a job doing like graphic design and like, it's more than just competitors. Um, and sure. some of them got, uh, like commentary gigs. Like, uh, there's a few of them actually who got paid commentary gigs which I was so happy to see. And so everyone's just kind of finding their niche um, and, and kind of building things up that way. Uh, yeah. Let's get into 
um, some more Mortal Kombat. We like teased the netcode discussion earlier when we were talking about Killer Instinct, but uh, you know, you and I talked. I don't know. Whenever the last time you were on, I'm sure it came up about how Mortal Kombat's always kind of had better netcode than the average fighting game. In the last year of this show, we've talked a, a metric crap ton about netcode when it comes to fighting games because that's on the tip of everybody's tongue. Um, now, the Mortal Kombat scene is the one you're most deeply entrenched in historically. How has a game that we've always known was going to, was pretty well set up to go online, how has that game held up during COVID? I think, I think that Mortal Kombat's been doing really well. There's a lot of online events that are happening all the time. Um, they actually also had a, like, they've done a couple invitationals as well. There was one that we play, UFL did, and they had a bunch of people flown to the Ukraine for, like, a, an offline event, and they all, like, practiced social distancing and, like, did their little quarantine and whatnot for this event. So it was, like, a big trip for, um, for the competitors that went and that was really incredible. Oh my goodness. The production value of it was amazing. And it was just really fun to watch. Um, there's been a lot of online events, people kind of just, because anyone can do it now, there's a lot of smaller events coming up and, you know, people hosting their own events and just kind of like trying to build up their own Twitch channels that way by hosting like online tournaments and whatnot. Um, there's also been ESL, though I didn't really keep up with that. And there was some other uh, online events as well. So they've just kind of been continuing as if nothing's really changed. Um, because, you know, we've, we've, the Mortal Kombat community has kind of always had online events in between majors and in between, you know, offline events anyway. Uh, so it's kind of just continued the like almost nothing has changed <laughs> except for that we can't go to like Evo or something. And yet Mortal Kombat was before it was canceled in 2020 was on the Evo list of games that was going to happen. Just to the surprise of nobody who understands fighting game netcode and is on the list for 2021, apparently, which I just looked up, didn't realize they had uh, firmed up stuff like that. It's in a position, I think you'd agree, Lumia, to improve its standing within the greater fighting game community as just a game that's always kind of functioned online. There's people are just like switching games a lot now because the game, their game of choice is not, just doesn't work, you know, to play online. Is that happening? You know, I'm, I'm still seeing Sonic Fox win every damn tournament. Is there, is there an influx of talent coming because this game works online better than others? That's, I mean, that's hard to say if that's the reason. I have seen a lot of new names that I haven't seen before, mm -hmm. and I've been in the FGC since 2015, so I've been here for a while. Um, I know a lot of people did switch over to MK11 and or have tried it from Killer Instinct, have tried it from like Street Fighter and a bunch of different games as well, um, Tekken. But uh, I'm not sure if the reason is the netcode because I noticed that change before COVID hit, and then I'm. I, I mean, it's possible that, you know, like that's a big piece of it that why they might stick around because, you know, like tournaments for Street Fighter and stuff like that are a little bit more awkward because they don't have the same net code. Um, but I, I don't know if 
It's hard to say why people come to join a community that's, that's this big, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint it because it's like, I could tell you, yes, like I think that, but I, I don't really know 100%. You're listening to The Game Show on Sportsnet 650, presented by The Gaming Stadium. I'm Max Hussman. After the break, more with Jen Zoll, a.k.a. Lumia. Stadium, Canada's first esports arena, and Canada's leader in online esports tournaments. The only place to play in local tournaments for whatever game you're great at. Online tournaments all week long with all your favorite games like Fortnite, Call of Duty, Valorant, TFT, Rocket League, and more. At Canada's leader in esports, visit thegamingstadium.com for more information. Welcome back to The Game Show with Max Sussman, brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's leader in esports. Welcome back to The Game Show, presented by The Gaming Stadium. Let's hop right back into a chat with Jen Zoll, a.k.a. Lumiere here on Sports at 650. Sticking with Mortal Kombat, because I mentioned them a second ago, uh, I'm still seeing, you know, very, very consistently Sonic Fox winning uh, a lot. More, more, than, more, than, uh, more than you'd expect any one person to be winning. In, in MK11, um, obviously Sonic Fox, just kind of one of those fighting game savants, um, and in their prime right now, I would say. Is there anybody in the scene right now that is like a true threat to that throne that Sonic Fox has occupied in the MK scene for like as long as I've been paying attention to it, frankly. Sonic Fox is incredible. Uh, they are they are constantly adapting and growing, and it's 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 hard to, it's 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 really hard to say. Um, I think that there's a lot of competitors that are coming up, and there's more people that we haven't seen before. In, for instance, like MKX or in Injustice Two, um, that are showing up into top eights that we like we hadn't seen them there before. Um, a lot of the same competitors are are still consistent, um, but Sonic Fox is one of those people that just is constantly growing and adapting, even though they've always kind of been consistently the best. And um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm always rooting for the underdog, so I want to see someone take their throne, you know, and and to uh, challenge them. Um, but I, I, I honestly, I just think Sonic Fox is so good that they're just going to continue to like adapt and like they might get, you know, they might lose to someone, and then next event that they play, they'll come back stronger um, because that's what they do. So. Um, I don't want to, I don't want, I actually think Sonic Fox is going to keep running it and running things for like the next little while. Um, although people are definitely coming up. Um, there's a lot of people that have kind of like started 
moving forward and, you know, just come out of nowhere even, um, which has been really great to see. But yeah, I think Sonic is just something, uh, something else. Like they're so, so they're not, they're not past their prime yet. That's basically, that's basically it. I mean, only what twenty, like twenty-two or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, definitely, especially in fighting games, that's not even close to past your prime. Justin Wong could be their dad, I think. Mm-hmm. Like functionally, I think Justin's like thirty-six. Um, <laughs> yeah, is there who's who's number two right now though? Like who's in those? Who's the who's the one pushing Sonic Fox, if anybody, at the moment? That's really hard to say. I mean, there's always. Uh, I'm see because I'm not as in in not like I'm following the scene, but I'm watching, you know, like the bigger events. So it's really hard to say mm-hmm. as far as like who's up and coming. Uh, there's a lot of people though, like a lot of new names. Um, so if anyone's listening to this that likes Mortal Kombat, just like definitely watch some of the smaller tournaments because there's so many incredible talents that are coming up, um, and just kind of like see it for yourself because constantly people are like getting better and, and these new advancements are happening. You still have a lot of like the favorites in there. Like dragon is still doing really well. Um, you know, biohazard and all these people that, you know, have still been really good, (laughs) um, are are still around, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's a really hard question to answer. We haven't we haven't done a ton of talking about Sonic Fox on this show just because I think outside of outside of my talks with you we haven't really talked about about Mortal Kombat. We did talk about the uh, the the Dragon Ball the uh, the Dragon Ball Finals against Go One that one year just the crazy the crazy series um, with Daniel Rosen, but it, Sonic's just not something that's come up for some reason. So I'm just gonna say this for. For, for my listeners who might not know about Sonic Fox, since Mortal Kombat 11 came out, Sonic Fox has finished, I think, no worse than second in like in major in major Mortal Kombat 11 tournaments, and mostly first. Like, just the run of dominance, and it goes back pretty far into Mortal Kombat 10 as well. We're talking five, six years of complete dominance in this, uh, in this title, I guess you'd say. Last time we talked as well, Jen, you had not really found a main yet in Mortal Kombat 11. Did you end up finding a main before you sort of stopped playing as much? Well, um, I was actually playing Cabal for a little while. Um, and then Melina came out. So I started playing Melina and uh, she is super fun. <laughs> I really enjoy her. Um, but I only kind of play Mortal Kombat 11 now, like casually, because I just don't, like I said before, I just don't have that like drive to grind it the same way that I used to. Um, but she is super fun to play. And um, yeah, I would say like between, I still love Shao Kahn though, honestly. I remember we talked about that. I was like, I just love him, mm-hmm. but he's just, he's a bit of a struggle, struggle character. Um, so yeah, either Shao Kahn or Melina. I kind of was stopped Malina playing Cabal. Melina was your main in MKX, right? Wasn't that? And she wasn't yes. in the game at the beginning. Yes, right. Okay. Did it? Did it translate? Did or did you? Was it like playing a new character because of how different this game is? It's a completely different game. Like 
you can yeah. see some of the things translate over, but it doesn't like she doesn't play the same way she did in MKX, and um, she's she's very different. Uh, but she's also got a lot of like her signature moves set still there. Like she still has her size. She's still got like a ball roll. She's got her tele kick. Like there's you can see the things that make her Molina, but when you play her, she doesn't feel the same. So, which makes it even crazier to me when people are competitive in MK11 that we're all, we're all so very good in Mortal Kombat 10 that, like, the game is so different. It, it, it's like relearning it all over again. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty of it, because you're kind of the voice of Mortal Kombat on this show, historically. Why have you stopped playing? Which is beyond, beyond the, um, you know, you don't want to grind, but there's got to be something about the game that didn't virally vibe with you, right? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that I love about the like Mortal Kombat series is that there's so much creativity with combo potential and it's like um especially in MKX, there was you could see three different katana players and they would all have they could all have different completely different like combos that they've created and different playstyles. And that was something that I really loved. I find that um, MK11 has a few mechanics that I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, just because I think they kind of change the game and take away some of the. Um, you work like if you work really hard to open someone up, you want to be able to feel good about that, and and then they'll just get like crushing blow, crushing blow, crushing blow, fatal blow, and then you're dead, and you're like, oh cool. And I know that that's like part of the game, but it's just not something that I re- I'm really fond of. I think the game is incredibly beautiful. Um, it's really, really fluid. NRS did an amazing job in building it. It's just not for me. And um, the game pacing is a little slower, which was, it's actually nice um, because you you can use your brain a little bit more while you're playing. <laughs> like it's easier to kind of like think about the neutral and like what, like play a little bit of footsies and stuff, but uh, then in MKX, but like it just feels different to me. And um, I really miss having like really long combos that were really like swaggy, <laughs> I guess. So um, it just doesn't feel as creative. It feels like a little more cut and dry. Like this is what you're supposed to do. So you have to do it. And I don't really like that. Um, but I still think like the game looks amazing and I don't want to undercut the amount of incredible work that NRS did on that game because it is such a beautiful game. It's just not for me. That's really what it comes down to. Like if you like that sort of thing where you don't want to have to worry about like um, long combos, then it's definitely a game that you should try. Um, And if you like to have like really strong comeback mechanics, then that's another thing that's, um, that's definitely another thing that you should try too. Yeah. Are you, well, you'll still be excited, I assume, for MK12 inevitably. Oh, definitely. And Injustice 3, if they release one. Any any NRS title I'm always excited for. I think they're um, really great developers. And a lot of the people that worked on these games are just like really beautiful people too. Um, and it, it's just cool to see uh, the work that they put in. Um and, and just to kind of see, like, some of the fatalities in MK11 are mm. 
the most like creative like weirdest things and they just are amazing like and cinematically like like from like a cinematics like graphics or like sorry like visual perspective in general uh the game is by far my favorite um out of the entire like Mortal Kombat world um just the gameplay itself is not exactly how I would like to play it (laughs) What about the movie? Are you super excited for the movie as well? I am. I am really excited. It looks so good, and I love the... I've loved the trailer. I love seeing how much, like, some of the um, actors are, like, interacting with the community on Twitter and just kind of, like, they're excited for it, too, which is really cool to see. This made me, like... Uh, made me think of of a world in which we get a like fighting game cinematic universe, where you could do movies with from all these properties where they're all they're all interconnected because at their core they're gonna have to be like Kumite style fight movies at some point. Um, I don't know. I just want with with everything being a something something cinematic universe and how clean this Mortal Kombat movie looks, especially compared to old Mortal Kombat movie. Um, it just made me wonder, are they going to go Godzilla and King Kong with it and go full on the MKCU or something? I feel like the market might be there. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, if they if this movie is good, which, like, I'm fingers crossed, I'm really hoping. <laughs> um, they're introducing a new character, too, like Cole Young. We don't know who he is or anything about him, and I'm excited to learn who he is. I'm hoping maybe he comes as DLC or something later on. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Um but um, it it's uh, I love that Mortal Kombat's been around for so long, and they just keep on introducing these like cool stories and new characters that are really like uh, well created. And um, so I'm excited to see all of that. Um, the action looks incredible. The costumes look incredible. Oh my goodness! It just looks like such a well made movie. So I'm. Yeah, and I'm sort like some sort of like Mortal Kombat like cinematic universe would be <laughs> incredible. I would love that so much. Give the give like you know each character inevitably will get their own solo trilogy. They make forty movies. It'll be like Marvel. I don't know if the I don't know if the uh, if the market's quite there for to that degree. But I I don't know, man. It was one of those where I was like, I didn't realize I was excited for a Mortal Kombat movie until I saw this trailer. And now I really want to see this movie. Uh, we're mm-hmm. uh, we're slowly running out of time here with uh, with Jen Zoll, aka Lumia, on the game show on Sportsnet 650. But that's how time works; you run out of it. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna do some dumb, weird ones here at the end. You tweeted like a week ago that you're watching Dragon Ball Z for the first time, and you said, "Shh, don't don't don't, don't mention it." I'm mentioning it, um, and yeah. not to call in, <laughs> not I'm not calling into question your your creds here at all. The only question I have is how have you avoided this for so many years in a fighting game community that is deeply, deeply connected to anime? I feel like I'm going to get, like, so much flack for answering this question. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) I didn't watch it when I was young. Uh, And then when I saw, like, (laughs) you're going to kill me for this. The only (laughs) Dragon Ball anything I had seen was Dragon Ball Evolution. (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't that good so like i'm not interested you know like i was just kind of like i get it but like maybe it's one of those things that everyone's just nostalgic about and like it's not really for me i guess (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then um 
I, I saw, like, I've seen clips and stuff and it's like all this filler and like these fights that last for multiple episodes. And I was like, I don't know if I have the patience for that. Like, I don't want as an adult, I'm like, yeah. first of all, that's a big time commitment because it's a huge <laughs> series. It's not just like a one or two season thing. It's like, this is a ton of episodes I have to get through, first of all. And then on top of it, like a lot of it is filler. Um, but I am, I'm having my episodes curated for me so that I only watch Ooh. the ones with content that is relevant to the story. So... I'm going to miss a lot of like the dumb stuff that is irrelevant, but I'm cool with that because I don't have the time to like <laughs> sit and watch a show. Like I'm, I'm a very busy person. I have to always be doing something. So uh, like dedicating hours and hours and hours to something that's irrelevant to the story is going to drive me nuts. Uh, so I'm, I'm having it curated. So I know what I was not supposed to watch and what I am supposed to watch. And so now I've been enjoying it so far. I think my favorite character so far is Piccolo. He is like my favorite dude, best green boy ever. Um, yeah, what a green. Boy. But I'm only like into like season two, so. <laughs> I I always was drawn to Piccolo just because I think that's the silliest name for anybody to have, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, so Piccolo, Piccolo and Trunks. I just because they're hilarious. The names are just so funny to me. Like it's stuck. It always stuck in my brain. I just love that he's like such a reluctant good guy. Like he he needs he's trying to be all tough and he's trying to be like yeah. so like mean and then he's it's like but he's like actually like super cool. <laughs> the original that. TV antihero, Piccolo. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm no I'm by no means a DBZ elitist. It's just this, I hold it in the same regard as like the Pokemon cartoon. It's a show I watched when I was a kid that I have nostalgia for. I'm just surprised nobody like. In all your years in the FGC, like forced you to watch that show because <laughs> it's just one of those shows. It's a tentpole anime, and if if any yeah. two things are tied together, it's the FGC and anime, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, it people have tried in the past. Yeah, yeah. Fair it's enough. it's been it's been a thing. Like people were like, "You need to watch this." I'm like, "Okay, well, <laughs> like I'm not gonna do this on my own. So like, you downright need to like sit down with me and watch it. Otherwise, I'm not gonna watch this. Like, it's just not gonna happen." Um, but I that's what I'm doing like now. That. So, yeah. I have shows like that where people have been for years. You should watch this. You'd love it. And then I'm like, "No, I don't. I just don't want to now because you keep bugging me about it." Uh, let's get let's get to the let's get to the final five-ish type thing that I that I slapped together because you've been on a couple times and I like to make them uh, personalized now. Once you've been on a couple times, I know you play music. I know you love music. I know you are a, a music head, so to speak. Uh, and since I recently kind of had a realization about myself that excuse me, sorry, I had this realization about myself recently uh, that I've been using. Specifically, Carly Rae Jepsen's album Emotion to cope with loneliness because it just gives me a good little endorphin rush during quarantine. Mm -hmm. I ask you this with that in mind. Uh, give me your top five quarantine albums. This, these can be albums you've just happened to listen to a lot during this particular quarantine or, to, uh, you, know, uh, you know, an album that makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside or whatever. Just top five albums to get you through some stuff. Uh, okay, so there's going to be a lot of, basically my top five is kind of like a bunch of stuff that you might not have ever heard of because I listen to like the weirdest music <laughs> or like uh, super chill music. 
and Spotify hooks me up. Like, I love that they like <laughs> tell me about all these, these new songs and stuff that I've never heard of. And then I'm like, oh, I love this album. So there's this band called Astronaut that has an album called Silence One. And I have been addicted to this album like crazy. It's like kind of like floaty, spacey, uh, kind of like has some 70s vibes, but also like with new songwriting. And it's just like, I love it. Um, uh, then actually the soundtrack to Superliminal is like jazzy and I love it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Half Moon Run had an album that they released like at the beginning of quarantine um, called Seasons of Change. And I really liked that or not at the beginning, but that one was a good one. Um, yeah, that was like right. Oh my goodness. Did, it come out, like, did it come out before quarantine? I remember that album. No, I think no, it came out yeah, during yeah, quarantine. Came, yeah, it came out in July, yeah. Yeah. Uh oh god. Albums. Uh I don't know, I've been listening to a lot of lo-fi, honestly. So like just like a bunch of random stuff. And then Hmm. Oh Nine Shales. Like pretty much the entire band. So, Any anything. Yeah. Alright. Why do you think Lo-Fi has become like the official music of Twitch? Um, because it's good background music. Like when you're gaming and you're just like focusing on something and you know you don't want something that's like too in your face, because then you know it, it like kind of overtakes your brain and like it's great music to listen to. Like I love all different types of music, so yeah, but like I find lo-fi is really good to kind of just like have on and it just keeps my anxiety at bay and then uh, <laughs> helps me helps me just focus on whatever it is that I'm doing. And I think that's part of the reason. Also, a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of, uh, you know, with the whole DMCA thing on Twitch, like a lot of lo-fi artists don't have their music copyrighted and they're making it available to Twitch streamers so that they can play it on stream. Like they're giving them that option. So I think that's another reason too, because it's easily available to people to, to kind of just, you know, listen to and not have to worry about anything. And then there's also that it's like, it's not offensive. You don't have to worry about some crazy lyric all of a sudden popping up out of nowhere and being like, like bad and it's just there nobody's gonna get mad about it nobody's maybe they might not love it but they're not gonna get upset that you're listening to it and it's just kind of like a very safe pick i think <laughs> yeah it's a confluence it's definitely a confluence of uh, of reasons but it's just something something that i've noticed over the course of the last couple of years i feel like it's elevator music for whatever you call the generation younger than my generation Gen Z, mm-hmm. whatever. It's just it's just their version of elevator music, like Muzak with a with a capital K at the end of it. That like just boring yeah, saxophone stuff. Yeah, we're uh, yeah we're just about a time, Jen. Before we get out of here, though, let the people know where they can like follow you online. Anything you've got coming down the pipe that people should know about and look forward to. Yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's twitter.com slash lumia two l's l l u m i y a and. Uh, Follow my Twitch as well. Same tag for everything. And uh, yeah, shoot me a follow. I always got something on the go. 
And if I don't at that exact moment, I will soon. <laughs> so <laughs> there's constantly <laughs> something happening. <laughs> How often are you streaming these days? I forgot to ask that. I haven't streamed very much. Um, I kind of just, uh, yeah, like I said, I kind of just like wanted to take a step back and kind of start building mm -hmm. up my like knowledge for like the business aspects of esports because that's really my goal is to be able to work towards being able to provide other um op opportunities for women and and for other people not just women but just for everyone who's trying to get started um and and to kind of just i know i need to like learn certain things and get to where i want to mm -hmm. be and streaming unfortunately isn't going to take me to that spot so i've kind of shifted my focus but I do sometimes stream just like for fun when I feel like it. I don't have a schedule anymore though. Yeah. Well, as a, as a mark, as somebody who in my day job is a marketing person, I think I'm legally obligated to say you have very solid follower counts on both Twitch and Twitter and that's valuable. So don't forget that. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> that's all the time we have here with Jen Zoll, AKA Lumia. Lumia, thanks for joining me here again on the game show. Thanks for having me, Max. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much to Lumia for joining me again. It, is, it had been, that's about as long as a gap as I've gone between a, a, a recurring guest who's come on a bunch of times. Uh, and when I realized that, that is when I sent her a message. So thank you for her, for, to Jen for coming on. Thanks to thanks to Connor and Jordan for helping organize the recording session. Thanks to Jordan for actually doing that recording session. And uh, thanks to the Gaming Stadium for sponsoring the show. You can head to thegamingstadium.com to find out any and all events and information that you'll ever want to know about them. I'm Max Sussman. You can find me on Twitter at TrulyAppyMax and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash MaxBussman. Thank you for listening. And as always, whatever you do, don't tilt.